Hello and welcome to My VA Dayton, coming to you from Dayton, Ohio. This is the show where we talk to veterans in the Central Ohio region to share their stories and share what's happening at the Dayton VA. I'm Scott Lease, your host with co-host Greg Tucker. We have with us today an Air Force veteran from the from Enon, Ohio in Clark County, Crystal Baker. Welcome, Crystal. Thanks for having me. We're glad to have you here today. Uh, Crystal is a Clark County Veteran Service Officer. She is also a member of the National Association of County Veteran Service Officers and Ohio Association of County Veteran Service Officers. She is also an active Springfield Seabock Veteran Stakeholder Committee member. While in the Air Force, she served as a security specialist guarding nuclear weapons. Again, welcome, Crystal. Thank you. Well, before we get to know a little bit more about you, we're going to put you to the test. It's time! That's right, it's time to play Don't Tell Me, I Think I Know That. This is the game where we put our guests to the test of their knowledge of military trivia. A game where our listeners can play along to see if their minds are mired in mounds of military minutiae. Are you ready to take that challenge? I'm ready. Okay. Since you're an Air Force veteran, uh, we have actually tailored these questions especially for you and for your background. Uh, and uh, since, since we were talking about you actually uh, guarded nuclear weapons, we'd like to know, uh, here's your first question, we'd like to know how many nuclear warheads are in the U.S. right now? Would it be A, 300,000, B, 30,000, C, 3,000, or D, 300? 3,000. 3,000? That is the right answer. Great job. As of September 2020, the U.S. had 3,750 nuclear warheads to be exact. That's actually 88% lower than the U.S. peaks number back in 1962, where there were actually 31,255 nuclear warheads. That's quite a, quite a dramatic reduction. Uh, the current inventory includes active and inactive warheads. It does not include about 2,000 retired warheads scheduled for dismantling. All right, here's your second question. What does the Air Force call the Director of Security Forces? Now, you being a cop, You've got to know what the answer to this is. The director of the security forces is known as A, the sheriff, B, the marshal, C, the top cop, or D, the top dog. The top cop. The top cop is the right answer. That's right. The Director of Security Forces is a Brigadier General and the highest-ranking security forces officer, sometimes referred to as the top cop. The Director of Security Forces reports directly to the Deputy Chief of Staff of the Air Force for Logistics, Engineering, and Force Protection. Now, here's your third and final question. This is, this is for the big money now. Who was the first female U.S. airman killed in the line of duty in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom? Would it be A, Taylor Swift, B, Elizabeth Taylor, C, Elizabeth Jacobson, or D, Raquel Jacobson? Elizabeth Jacobson. That is correct. 
Yes, Elizabeth Nicole Liz Jacobson was a United States Air Force Airman who was killed in action in Iraq War in 2005. A member of the U.S. Air Force Security Forces, she was the first female U.S. Airman killed in the line of duty in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom and the first Air Force Security Forces member killed in conflict since the Vietnam War. Well, great job uh, you did here with us, Crystal. Uh, so, Greg, tell us, what has Crystal won for playing our game today? Well, Crystal, we have a set of VA industrial strength chip clips designed by NASA's aerospace engineers to keep your chip clips, your chips crisp on your next stellar space journey or wherever you may be traveling in the near future. All of this is compliments of the Dayton VA. Great, thank you. And we're gonna take a quick break now. When we come back, we'll hear more from Air Force veteran Crystal Baker about her work as a veteran service officer and her experience in the Air Force. Even an Iraq vet like me who's in really good shape needs good health care especially when it's top quality and convenient. And it's not just for men. In fact, aren't you a vet, Patricia? Yeah, I served in the Air Force. When I come to the VA, the people understand veterans' needs. I get great care with good doctors and nurses and state-of-the-art facilities. Because, hey, I was there and I earned it. And if you deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan, including with the Guard or Reserves, you did too. Here's another thing. I'm within five years of my time over there, so there's no copay for any service-related condition. That makes a difference to me. So why not come in today? When you check in, you'll get a full medical exam, first thing. Free for vets at the VA. Thanks, Doc. So check us out and see you here. I was in the military. I didn't know that when I left, I was eligible for health care through the VA. I thought you had to be disabled or have been wounded. Another vet told me I should check it out. Now, I have the care I need at the Dayton VA. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet, and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. Call 937-268-6511, extension 2159 to enroll, or visit dayton.va.gov. And we're back with Crystal Baker, a veteran service officer and an Air Force veteran. Crystal, uh, tell us, if you would, please, uh, what is a VSO? What is a veteran service officer? What do they do? So our goal is to get veterans to come in and see what they're entitled as far as benefits, whether it be health care, compensation that they um, need compensated for because of something they went through or were exposed to and um, pension, which is an income-based program. Um, if they don't make very much money, they can come in and have their, their income supplemented through the VA. Great. Uh, tell us, uh, what has been your greatest reward as a VSO? Just helping others to see that you're changing someone else's life. And are there any great examples of, of you having done that? You know, who's, sure. is, is there a particular veteran or a particular experience that you went through mm -hmm. that was uh, particularly rewarding? Yeah, I have a veteran who came in and filed for hearing loss. He was granted at 100%. Um, prior to that, he had no income. So 
Now he's getting over $3,000 a month, getting all of his health care taken care of, and it's just life-changing for him. Hearing aids, and now he can actually hear when people are talking to him. And Yeah. yeah. So you said 100%. Tell mm-hmm. us what that 100% is. Tell us, tell us about the, uh, the whole aspect of getting a certain rating. Sure. So um, the rating is based upon, first they decide if it is due to your service, and then how bad it is. And so we often call that a service-connected disability? Yes, and it can be rated anywhere from zero to 100. Zero is still service-connected, saying that it's caused by the military, it's just not bad enough for them to pay you yet. Okay, but when you get a higher rating, what does that do for you? Uh, Gets you qualified to go to like the Dayton VA or the clinic, get all your meds, get um, all of your health care, not just one specific service-connected condition. Um, You can be treated for any condition, not just your service-connected condition, once you're 50% or above. All right, fantastic. Well, tell us, what is is the process for getting a uh, service-connected disability rating? So Ohio is lucky because we have an office like mine, a veteran service office, that we have one in every county. So whatever county is closest to you, whether you work there or live there, you can go to anywhere in the county and go in and the VSO will do all the paperwork. Um, You might just have to provide your private uh, medical evidence to show that you do have hearing loss, like that gentleman, for example. Um, And then once I submit it to the VA, they'll get a call from the Dayton VA or there's three companies at the VA um, outsources their exams for and they'll go in for the exam that examiner turns in the paperwork to the VA and they will decide if it is service connected or not uh, Crystal mm-hmm. do the veteran have to be in that county or no they can they can go to any county I actually have a couple veterans who I help from out of, even out of state um, Kentucky Alabama it's just um, they can't go for emergency financial assistance in an, a different county. You have to go in the county you live in for emergency financial assistance. But for but help? for help with compensation or uh, pension, you can go to any county. So if someone was uh, traveling through, say, transit, uh, homeless, traveling through, how would they locate their VSO or the veterans They could go to one of, like the Dayton VA has a service officer, I believe, that could file a claim there. Or um, if they were happen to go to the clinic, I'm sure someone at the clinic would direct them to our office. Um, I know at our office, we have a list of every county, their addresses, their phone numbers. So if somebody calls and they say, I'm from Champaign County, we can tell them exactly where to go and who the service officer is and um, where they're located. So since you work for uh, the county, basically, can people go to the, say, for example, the county courthouse or some other county office and they would be able to direct you, direct them to you? Yes. Yep. Or Google. Or Google. Google. (laughs) Everything's there on on Google. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Or uh, what about the employment office? Yes. Actually, we deal closely with Job and Family Services in Springfield. We have a vet rep there who helps veterans um, create their resumes and apply for jobs and trains them on, um, you know, how to answer questions and things like that for job interviews. So he definitely would know where to tell them to go. So, Crystal, 
how many veterans have you met that really have an understanding about these services that are uh, available to them? Not a ton. A lot of people will say, we didn't even know your office was here. We had no idea, you know, that this was available. I'll be honest, I didn't. Um, my aunt called me and said, hey, this office is is hiring. You should apply. And I did. And I really didn't know what I was applying for. But, I mean, I'm glad I, I did it. I've been here 10 years now, and I'll, I'll retire doing this. So you were in the Air Force, but you were actually born and raised in Springfield, correct? correct. Yeah. Uh, and you went in the Air Force right after high school. Um, why did you join the Air Force? Well, I kind of knew that college was not going to be my thing. <laughs> so my mom said, why don't you join the Air Force? And I said, okay. And we got up one day and went down off a of limestone and went to the recruiter's office, and I signed up without even a thought. And uh, why did you become a security forces specialist? Uh, did you grow up wanting to be a cop, or is that you just went in and and took the ASFAB and I did. Shazam! There, yep. they said, "Okay, guess what? Yep. You're going to be a police officer." Yeah, tiny me. Yeah, five well, foot, hundred pound. <laughs> and that's the way it works sometimes. But uh, did you enjoy that career? It wasn't horrible. It it definitely was a learning experience, and I'm glad I went through everything I did. It taught me responsibility, and um, I feel like I I tried my hardest. I was dedicated, and it taught me a lot. And I noticed when I came back that I was a lot more uh, mature than the kids that I had graduated with and was still friends with. I, I have to say one thing. Sitting here talking to you and actually seeing you, I am glad that you were a security forces <laughs> specialist who were guarding nukes because you, if you're not here, Crystal has a very calm demeanor. So she she is calm, and I think that is very important for us to maintain that right. uh, composure, especially in a stressful situation. Uh, so we were very fortunate. The, the nation was very fortunate to have you, Crystal. Thank you. Absolutely. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about that experience as a security forces specialist guarding nuclear warheads. Uh, did you ever expect to, to have your career path go down that road? No. When, when they told me I was going to be stationed in Montana with missiles, first I was like, where's Montana? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, being told that it was it's very cold there, which I don't like cold weather. But... Um, but you're from it's Ohio, beautiful. and you're not used to cold weather? I am, but it's a different kind of cold. It is. It's a totally different I mean, kind people of would be in flip-flops and shorts and 40-degree weather there, which I don't feel like is so much here. But um, So being there and being away from your family, you tend to um, have really close friends that you consider your family and kind of lean on each other. Um, I was in... Um, a group that would deploy every five days, basically, and stay in a house, and on on a missile site. Yes, on a missile site. Um, there's ten different missiles around, or ten different sites around this house. So whenever an alarm would go off, we would have to go out and inspect and see what set the alarm off and um, make sure it wasn't an intruder or anything like that, and make sure it was secure. Um, we would do that for five days on, five days off. 
And I did that for a little over three years. So were there ever any tense moments? For sure, every time an alarm went off. (laughs) (laughs) Like what kind of example would you have of uh, when an alarm goes off, what happens? What what do you possibly see? Um, A rabbit. Normally a rabbit or a bird, something like that. So small triggers, but uh, yes. not like the the hordes of communists coming over the fence. Or right, or it could be you know there were times when our um, instructor would be out there hiding, so we would have exercises, and even that is like you know very intense. So, so did you find that experience rewarding? Yes, I guess that I that someone like myself could do that. So that was fantastic information. We're going to take another quick break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll hear more about Crystal and what she thinks of the Dayton VA Medical Center. When I retired from the Air Force, I received my medical benefits for life through TRICARE. I didn't know I was also eligible for care through the VA, some of which I pay no copay for or an annual premium. Now I have options I didn't know I had before because of the Dayton VA. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. Call 937-268-6511, extension 2159 to enroll or visit dayton.va.gov. Hope, where are you hiding? I search for you in the seconds, the minutes of each and every day. Hear me as I call out to you. Take my hand. Lift me up as I lift up others. Welcome me home, father, mother, sister, brother, son, daughter. Hear us now. Alone we stood, divided we fell. No longer. Now we choose to make the connection. Our new mission lies within. Visit maketheconnection.net to learn more. And we're back with Air Force veteran Crystal Baker. So, Crystal, tell me, how did you discover the VA? You had you had alluded to it a little bit earlier that your aunt had pointed you in that direction, uh, but um, what what was your experience in discovering the VA? So, yeah, I was never told there was any kind of health care available to me or anything after service. Now, granted, they might have told me, but I was in such a rush to just get home that I didn't hear any of it. (laughs) Um, But once I started working there and learning the different things that were available, um, I ended up filing a claim, and that got approved. And then um, I got a primary care physician at the clinic there in Springfield, and um, they ended up rebuilding down the road. They mm-hmm. have a new clinic. It is amazing. Big, um, plenty of primary care physicians for each person. And I get all my meds mailed to me, which is nice. I don't stand in a line you yeah, know, waiting yeah. at the pharmacy. <laughs> so. so you didn't always have that care. Um, tell our listeners a little bit about your personal experience with the Dayton VA. You know, you, you know tell us what the difference was between before the VA and now that you have VA healthcare? Sure, so um, before I you know, had a primary care physician who may be retiring or um, 
you know, wasn't familiar with my story. Whereas now I have a primary care physician that knows my story. The nurse is always the same nurse when I go. Um, it just is a lot more convenient and makes me feel a lot more comfortable. And speaking of more comfortable, do you take advantage of the women's clinic? I don't. You don't? No. Okay. Well, we'll have to have you come back and tell us more about when you actually do that. Yeah. Okay. Crystal, one of the things be when we're doing our outreach, that we run into veterans who have misconceptions far as about the VA, and that contributes to a lot of their hesitancy of actually enrolling. Did you have any of those? In? Uh, I have definitely had veterans say, no, I've, I've heard bad things about, you know, the VA or, or 20 years ago, I saw this doctor and he was horrible and he didn't help me. And, um, honestly, I'm hearing a lot better things nowadays than, than I used to. Um, and I would say anywhere you go, there's going to be that, that bad doctor, that bad nurse that you came in contact with. But as an overall, I think that the Dayton VA is, is awesome. And the clinic especially is convenient for people who live there in Springfield. It's right there. Um, so one of the things that you saw as far as being a veteran using the VA, and that is the convenience. And with veterans that you are assisting for, what would you tell them? I would tell them, you know, if they had a bad experience, to give it another shot. It's, it's different than it was years ago. I don't know, you know, why, but it is. It's, it's better. Um, and there's also, if you have a bad experience, go to the, the patient advocate and voice those. Because if you don't, and no, no one ever complains about, you know, the situation, it's never going to get fixed. So I, I always recommend go voice your opinions and they'll fix it. Well, and... One of the things that you do, you're a big part of that process of improving everything we do. You talk about going to the advocate. You talk mm -hmm. about expressing concerns. Um, you, you talk about giving it another chance because it has improved. Yeah. Uh, one of the ways it's really improved over the years is uh, that the Dayton VA has uh, veteran stakeholders committees for each of its CBOX or, or community-based outpatient clinics. Uh, and you're a member of that uh, committee in Springfield. Uh, tell us a little bit about that role and, and what you do uh, with the Springfield Veteran Stakeholders Committee. Sure. So we just get together, talk about how we can make things better, get more people brought into the clinic or the Dayton VA, whichever is closer for them. Um, we talk about concerns or, you know, if they don't have a certain specialty, then we might try to get them to move that specialty to the clinic or something like that. They used to never have um, audiology there at the clinic. Now they do. Um, so that's a big one. Hearing is definitely a big, a big uh, specialty to have there. So you actually see fruition from those conversations that you have with the, the leadership team at the Dayton Definitely. VA, uh, how, how we're actually working to improve not just the main facility, but all our outreaching outpatient clinics right. as well. So as far as um, filing a claim, I get a lot of veterans who say, I don't need that right now. I'm in good health. I don't, I don't need to file a claim. Or they'll say, um, I'm not that bad. There are people who are worse than me. I'd rather them get it. There is no set amount of money or anything like that. You, everyone should get the compensation that they, they deserve. Um, file a claim. The worst they can say is no, but if you don't file a claim. And if they say it. no, is that the end of the line? No. Oh, no. 
and and I along with the other four service officers in our office we don't drop it we keep appealing it they'll tell you what they what you need to get it approved so we'll just go try to get that information send it in appeal it and you know you actually talk about uh, the veteran who says well I don't need it and I don't want to take away from other veterans so often we hear that and so often we have to go back and tell them um, you, you don't understand that's how the VA gets its funding and right. so every veteran that enrolls with the Dayton VA that's actually funding that comes to the Dayton VA so if you're not using your benefits uh, you're not using the the, the benefits that cost a certain amount that funding actually goes to serve those veterans who do need it so every veteran actually enrolling uh, with the medical center actually is helping other veterans. Exactly, and as far as um, enrolling, you know, with Agent Orange and the burn pits, that's how they know the presumptives. Okay, all of these veterans have the same condition and they all served in the same area. So if they're not coming in and telling the VA what they have, that's, that's not helping another veteran. Right, and that's, you know, we just recently had the PACT Act signed. Mm -hmm which is actually going to broaden those services for a lot of folks who um, uh, previously may not have uh, been eligible correct, um, or that uh, may not have even been aware that they were eligible, uh, that we need now, now need to make sure that they're aware of their eligibility and that they take advantage of that eligibility. So we highly encourage everyone to go to their VSO and get more information. Yep. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you very much for your service in not just from the from the Air Force, uh, but also what you do as a veteran service officer, and especially your uh, your participation in the stakeholder committee with the Springfield CBOC. Thanks. So thanks again, Crystal, for joining us today. It's been great to hear your story. Uh, it's been a great story at that, um, uh, especially uh, talking about uh, your your service in the Air Force and. Um, guarding our nation and our nuclear warheads uh, and so uh, yes yeah, so I would love to hear more stories from veterans from around the region I'm Brandon it's my VA make it your VA if you are caring for a veteran with serious illness or disabilities the Dayton VA Medical Center can help you support them and take care of yourself you may qualify for services like training counseling or respite care when you need a break if the veteran you care for was injured post 9-11, you may be eligible for even more services, including a stipend to help with expenses, training, and medical coverage if you aren't already covered. For all caregivers, we can provide progressive needs planning to help manage degenerative conditions, match caregivers with services and benefits, connect caregivers with local resources and programs, and listen to caregivers when they are struggling. And listening may be the biggest help of all in a situation like this. Who else can you turn to when you are facing struggles with providing care for a loved one? Who else understands the special needs of an aging or disabled veteran? The professionals with the Caregiver Support Program do. They know what you're going through and where to find additional help. If you're a caregiver for a veteran, you can get support by contacting Aaron Heyman, Supervisory Social Worker at the Dayton VA Medical Center, her phone number is 937-268-6511, extension 2858. The Caregiver Support Line is also available if you need support outside of the Dayton Healthcare Region, have questions about Caregiver Support Services nationwide, or just need someone to listen to right now. Simply call 
3274. The Dayton VA changed my life. There was a time I was jobless and homeless, didn't know where to turn for help. I felt like there was no hope for me. Then I learned about the Dayton VA. They helped me find the help I needed to get back on track. I received support, got a job, found a place to live. I got my life back. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. To enroll, call 937-268-6511, extension 5336, or visit dayton.va.gov. We want to say thanks again to our special guests for taking time today to share their story. We truly enjoy hearing stories from veterans from across the region and learning more about how they found care through the Dayton VA Medical Center. And as always, we want to thank our listeners for joining us and remind them if they are a veteran and are not enrolled, to enroll with the Veterans Health Administration to receive health care benefits through the Dayton VA Medical Center. It's easy and it doesn't cost a thing. You just need to be a veteran. The simplest way to start enrollment is to call our Enrollment and Eligibility Office at 937-268-6511, extension 4105. They can schedule an appointment for you to come to the Dayton campus or help make an appointment at one of the surrounding community-based outpatient clinics located at Springfield, Richmond, Lima, and Middletown. Again, that number is 937-268-6511, extension 4105. Veterans may also enroll by visiting www.choose.va.gov slash health. While there, you can choose from applying online or by phone or by mail. It's just that simple, really. As I said before, it doesn't cost a thing to apply. So what are you waiting for? Call us today. Or if you know of a veteran who is not enrolled, have them call to start taking advantage of this benefit. If you're a veteran, it's your VA. Sign up today. Join us again for another episode of My VA Dayton with the Dayton VA Medical Center. Our episodes drop the 1st and 15th of each month. I'm Scott Lease with your co-host, Greg Tucker. Thanks again for listening to My VA Dayton.